Hello everyone, it is me, Saida, and in this episode, uh, we talked about how I had to overcome my trauma as a young toddler girl who was learning how to navigate life with my rare disease I, disease I have and by myself being disabled. It's it's very very hard out here for pe- people who for us who are dealing with our rare disease and, and disabilities where we don't we don't really know how to do certain things right away. We don't know how to handle certain things right away. Where we don't know how to handle certain things emotionally and mentally, and Sometimes it's hard to know how to process things that are severely difficult and extremely difficult in certain ways. And it's hard. And when you don't, when you're young and deal with your condition, don't know how to do certain skills, it's so much more rough in, in the world. But I was when I was a toddler. I know how to handle a lot of difficult moments that I went through with my body. I know how to handle a lot of certain things when I was a young girl either, and not that much of a teenager. And it was very rough. And I was, I lived that side suffered for almost my whole life growing up over these years and decades where I did not know how to deal with when I went through emotionally because it was just so painful and overwhelming and I felt very depressed constantly. I got, I went through my second half of my trauma as toddler when I was on my school bus going to my summer program that I was part of and the 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 driver didn't, didn't like people who have rare conditions or disabled and he he always he always knew that that's that was what I was about and he always looked at me he always stared at me every time on the bus I, I was not allowed to sit in no other area. I was only al- suppo- allowed to sit in the front row. And I had to sit in a seat where there was nothing in the way. So he had me sit in the front seat that was next to him. And he always looked at me. He would never stop watching me looking at me staring at me and that that made me feel uncomfortable because I didn't know what was going on why he was staring at me the way he was but it wasn't no good stare at all it was a uncomfortable stare and he always made sure the other students okay but then when he did he looked straight at me again and he dropped off all the students that was going to their sun program first, and they because they, we always going to different locations, 
so at when he dropped them all them off, he told me that me we was going be a few minutes late, and I told him why. He said we're gonna be a few minutes late getting to the the center and going to the school, and I and I just didn't I know what to say at all because I was very confused at what was happening because he just kept saying that he was going to be late. And so I just said, okay. And so he ended up picking up his girlfriend and then that's what she, and she got on the bus and I just felt so nervous as to why is there another adult on the bus? But I didn't really know how to express myself because I I didn't know how to really talk that well. And I really didn't know how to do my a full-on conversation. And so the driver ended up taking on both of us. And we ended up riding on the bus together. It was all three of us on the bus. There was nobody else. I was the only young person on there. And the driver was telling her how I was disabled and how I had my rare disease. And they was they they were talking about me for a while. And he took the bus to a away on the other side of the of the town that we was in. And he took me to go to the hills in a in a different town that I was in. And I told him, why are we way over here? I told him, we far. And he got up from his seat. And so did his, his female. They both got up. And they both came to me. And they... The driver took my seatbelt off, and the girlfriend had me, held me down, where I could not get up, where I could not run to the go to the alarm system on the mercy exit of the bus, and he ended up touching on me, and I told him, no, don't. He ended up touching me, and he ended up. Touched my vagina, and I told him don't, and I couldn't even move because I feel so numb, and I just feel so humiliated and violated and so uncomfortable, and I end up crying all day at the program when I did get there, and I didn't even want anyone, my friends with me at the time. Because I was trying to process what happened to myself. And my and my mom was devastated with what happened. And so I ended up continuing to have to go, to go to the program. And I was so glad it wasn't a long program. And I ended up keeping the pain to myself. And... As I'm older, I realize that 
I wasn't alone. And when I dealt with, like I thought I was, I felt so alone. And after all the stuff that I dealt with, and I realized that there are so many others who have dealt with what I have went through in their lives and that I shouldn't feel like I'm the only one and and so I feel better knowing that I can talk to others who have went through the same experiences or similar experiences as me and it has made my healing journey so much better and I am thankful that I got connected to the RAIN Organization for Help and Healing. And I got, I'm thankful that I got help through all the other programs. I'm thankful I got help through the Christ of Our Safety and Justice. And my advocate, my mom is a great help. My programs that are part of help me. My friends helped me and so many more. And I'm very thankful and grateful for that. And I learned how to be a strong advocate for myself and other survivors. And I have proudly learned how to advocate for people who are disabled and have rare disease as, as survivors. And it, it, I love to use my voice in my platform to help others and help make a difference for all and to prove others and show us that they are not alone in their journey of their survival and that nobody's not alone at all and that's what I want to do. Thanks for listening. Bye.